Thank you for joining us on Warrior Women Speak. I'm Judge Rosemary Aquilina, author of Just Watch Me, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sherry Botwin, LCSW, social worker and trauma specialist and author of Thriving After Trauma, Stories of Living and Healing. We have created this podcast for your enjoyment and so that we all can talk about our issues and learn together about how to deal with trauma and those things that spring up in our everyday life. Please join us for every episode and let us know what you want to talk about. Now for the show. Thank you for joining us on Warrior Women Speak. I'm Judge Rosemary Aquilina, author of Just Watch Me, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sherry Botwin, LCSW, social worker and trauma specialist and author of Thriving After Trauma, Stories of Living and Healing. We have created this podcast for your enjoyment and so that we all can talk about our issues and learn together about how to deal with trauma and those things that spring up in our everyday life. Please join us for every episode and let us know what you want to talk about. Now for the show. Thank you for joining Warrior Women Speak. I'm Judge Rosemary Aquilina. I'm author of Just Watch Me. And my co-host is trauma specialist Sherry Botlin, the author of Thriving After Trauma. If you haven't read it, it's a terrific read. And let me just say today, we've talked about a lot of different things, Sherry and I. And one of the things that we thought today would be interesting is to talk about guilt and strategies to release guilt because we all carry guilt and what should we really be doing with that what do you think sherry i think this is such a relevant topic especially now given the circumstances and all of us trying to juggle these different roles of being parent employee teacher therapist best friend so this this is just perfect timing Well, and here's a lot of what I hear on the bench too. A lot of people commit crimes. They do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. And it's really not got to do with them wanting to commit a crime, even thinking about it, but they're feeling horrible about something. And oftentimes it's guilt. They weren't there when their parent died. They didn't spend enough time with their children they didn't get good enough grades and they dropped out of school and now they can't get the kind of jobs that maybe their wife or their partner wants them to have. And so they carry this guilt and they say, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And they're judging themselves. And what I see is a lot of not just pain in doing that, but limiting their potential, their growth, their thinking, And they really need to be rewired so they can have a quality life and give up the guilt and start being productive and the person they were really meant to be. So important what you're talking about, because it's interesting. You're talking about all these different criminals or alleged criminals that you meet. I'm talking with people who are victims of some of these criminals or people who are coming to see me because they've been stuck in the guilt from old experiences. And I think what a lot of times people don't understand is when you're walking around carrying all this guilt, 
you treat yourself the way you feel you deserve to be treated, which is definitely not as good as it could be. So what ends up happening is if you feel like I'm not a good enough parent, I'm not a good enough therapist, I'm not a good enough friend, I'm not thin enough, I'm not smart enough, all of these different thoughts that are based on guilt lead to either self-destructive behaviors or in your, you know, in your line of work, you're seeing the opposite, people who go out and destruct others and take all those negative feelings and try to bring others down with them. It's interesting that you say that because all of that pain that they're feeling that they then shove out on other people, what they really want me to do. And some of them boldly say, just send me to prison because they're punishing themselves. And I say, ma'am or sir, I think you're valuable. I think you matter. Let's get at the problem here. I can see the bag of rocks that you're carrying. Let's unload those. I'm going to have you talk to someone who's trained and you get real honest with them. You're a secret keeper and that's someone like you, Sherry. And let's figure out where this is coming from because the only one that is standing in your way is you. And it's so funny that you say that because I do the same thing in my office, but instead of talking to them about not going out and committing crimes and then feeling like they should be in jail, I'm talking to people who are holding themselves prisoner in their own lives. I meet so many people who I think are smart, funny, talented, lovable, and the things that they're doing to themselves. I was just talking to somebody the other day. She's in her 40s now, and she has been hating herself, hating her body, putting all these restrictions on her life because she thinks that she's a horrible person. She looks in the mirror. She thinks, I don't look good. I'm not thin enough. I'm not attractive enough. So what she does is she's not ending up in one of those jail cells, but she's holding herself prisoner in her brain and her thoughts. So again, I think we, we have such different experiences in terms of the types of people that we meet. But I think if we were to take some of the defendants that stand in your courtroom and bring them into my office and have them sit in a group with some of the women and men that I know who are battling these awful self-destructive behaviors, they would have so much in common. People who feel guilty feel like they deserve to have bad things happen to them. So right. what you're saying that this this guy or this woman is saying, send me to prison, that I mean, it's so sad if you think about it, because if that's what they think, then they are going to keep doing things that are going to put them in, them in prison, like, or in jail. That's what you do. You end up fulfilling that belief system and you end up living a life that's about punishment and be feeling, feeling shamed. That's the, those are the choices that you're going to make. There's also the victims who stand in front of me and sometimes I run into them later and ask how they're doing. And in fact, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was at an event and I ran into a victim. Uh, I didn't necessarily recognize her, but someone who knew that she had talked to me a few years before said, she really wants to shake your hand and give you a hug. Is that okay? And I said, absolutely. And she reminded me about the case. And I said, how are you doing? And she burst in tears. And she said, I'm just so happy that I spoke with you and, and what you did for me. And I said, well, you know, you did that for yourself, but you're still feeling like you don't matter. Am I right? And she said, yes. And she 
really felt horribly guilty and explained she still thinks that what happened to her was her fault. Um, she doesn't feel in control. She did something to cause the crime that was committed on her and she really lost her self-worth. So I marched her over to a mirror that was in the hallway at this reception that we were at. And I said, I want you to look at your eyes, look at your eyes and say something positive about yourself to yourself. And she couldn't do it and couldn't do it. And then I said, it's okay. I'm going to stand with you until you say something positive. And tear-filled, she looked at me and I said, I want you to repeat, I matter. And she first couldn't do it, then she did it. And then I said, now I want you to do it louder, I matter. And then she started laughing. I said, I want you to do it louder, I matter, she said. And then I gave her a couple of other things the same way to say. And she started laughing and she, you could see she started to feel better. And I said, now I'm gonna give you an order. I know I'm not your judge, but, and I have no authority over you, but I want you every single day to say a positive affirmation to yourself in the morning, anytime you go to the restroom and in the evening. And it can just be, I matter, but can also be any number of wonderful things about you because there are so many things about you. And I heard back that she's doing much better. That's amazing. It sounds like when we were talking like about different strategies people can use, different ways that we can filter out the guilt. This is an example that you're talking about, being able to have an outside voice, somebody to come in who's sort of more of a neutral person and say, you're saying to her what you think. And it sounds to me, me like she could take that in. I think the, pro the problem with um, the guilt thing, and I'm sure she she could relate to this, is if we come from families where we're disrespected or we're made to feel like it's our fault, that's where the guilt comes from. So breaking free of that, learning how to dispel some of these myths that maybe some of our own parents or sisters or brothers or husbands or wives told us this. And I know we're going to talk about this in the next episode some more, but this is the problem right here. When she's saying to you how she's walking around with all that guilt, she's telling you probably years worth of information that she has been storing in her heart, in her mind, in her body. So when she's standing at that mirror and she's able to do this exercise with you, that's sort of like the beginning. When you can start saying to yourself something different than what you've been made to believe, you're working on breaking free from the guilt. And it doesn't have to be anything really complicated. It can be simple like, I am good. I am clean. I am loved. I am healthy. I'm a caring person. I'm a good mom. I'm a good writer. I'm a good runner. Whatever it is that they do, right? It doesn't have to be a, a really complicated statement, no. but positive affirmations help, right? It needs to be direct. And I'm thinking, as you're saying, I'm a good mom, I'm thinking, but as soon as you start hearing yourself saying, but, and then you're, you're going to try and undo it, you need to be able to make statements that are clear and direct and really work on taking out 
the opposite or the, well, but maybe I should have this, or maybe I could have that. So I think we were talking about this today before we started recording. The, during the last year, especially, we are, I think, even people who have no history of assault, abuse, um, crazy families growing up, most people, especially parents who have been working during the pandemic, are struggling with feeling like I'm not enough. I should be doing more. So one of the things I hear over and over again is I feel like I'm abandoning my kid as I'm sitting back here working. I feel like I should be taking him out more. I feel like I should be buying him more stuff. I feel like I shouldn't be so hard on him because after all, it's not his fault. There's this, there's this another level of guilt that parents are feeling as we're trying to manage the circumstances that come with the pandemic and the circumstances affect every single one of us. It's not like they only affect the parents, they only affect the kids, everybody's affected. And even kids, I'm hearing this too, teenagers are saying things to me like, I should be doing better in school. I should be paying better attention. I should be listening more. And I think what we need to work on is rather than saying what more we can be doing, say, but what are we actually doing? And you just said it. I'm a good mom. I'm a good writer. I'm a good student. To be able to say, this is where I'm at and it's, it's okay the way it is. It's, it's enough. You are enough. Exactly right. So what I got from what you just said beautifully was a couple of things that I think is they're an important message for kids, for adults, for everybody. And that is take the butt out of it. Don't say I'm a good mother, but I wish I spent more time or, but I am awful at whatever it is. Don't should on yourself. I should be better. I can do this, but I should be better. That's the should and the butt together. None of those, that's all negative. And then you know, take the why out of it. Why blames and shames? And I'm always saying that, but don't why yourself. Why can't I be better? Why can't I be more like? So we should not use those shaming and blaming and discounting words. We need those pure positive affirmations and we need to focus on quality, not quantity. Because when you look at quantity, oftentimes that short changes yourself and everybody around you. But if you put quality into what you're doing and what you're saying, it works. I mean, the other thing that I'm thinking as you're saying this is the one of the problems with guilt and constantly questioning ourselves is it does take us out of the moment. So if you're sitting in your bedroom thinking, I need to study for this test and you're studying for the test and the whole time you're studying for the test, you're thinking, well, but I probably should have studied that chapter more and, and maybe I should have gone and studied that chapter. You're not actually able to fully get out of the moment what you're trying to accomplish because you're thinking about the other chapters that you could and should be studying. So therefore, you're going to end up having to study more. And I think it's the same with relationships. When we're questioning ourselves and saying, I should be spending more time with my kids. I should be spending more time focusing on my work. The way I look at it is I'm doing great just just the way I am. I'm doing great with what I'm with what I'm dealt with, meaning it what I'm doing right now with my kid, even if it's just watching a show or hanging out at the basketball courts, which is something that I've been doing a lot lately. 
it it's a wonderful thing. Why why question that? Why think, but I should go buy him this and I should have said that? No, just be in the chapter. Be at the basketball court with your kid and just try to keep planting your feet on the ground. And every time you hear yourself saying, I should, I could, if there's a way you can kind of come back in and say back to that voice, stop, like knock that off. Like just be where you are right now. You're going to get more out of it. You're probably not going to have to study as much. Your kid's definitely going to be happy because for those 15 minutes, you watched your kid get the ball in the hoop. And even if you come back in the house and you've got to then do the dishes and the laundry and work, you say to yourself, I wish I can continue to just spend time with my kid, or I wish I could just keep studying that chapter because I actually like what I'm studying. You say, I was able to do what I needed to do, and now it's okay to move on to other things. So I think when I think of the word guilt, it reminds me of the word shame. It's a very stuck feeling. It's almost like standing in a pile of mud and trying to run a marathon. And I think when you say, I should be a better cook, I should be a better wife, I should be a better lover, I should be a better mother, I should be a better artist, when there's things that step in your way, like COVID, I mean, I wish I was a better mother and had more patience when I'm home 24 seven and working five jobs from home with helping my kids with homework. And I'm not very good at math and I should be better at math. All of those things, what I have to do and what I've learned to do is really to forgive my shortcomings and just honor the best that I can do. And also forgive others who say, yeah, mom, that dinner wasn't so great because they're really saying you don't cook well. Well, I know I cook well. It just, maybe it was off or maybe they just weren't feeling what I made. So I forgive them for not liking my meal, even though I thought it was perfectly good. I forgive myself for not having the kind of time I used to have to get everything done. And I make sure I have self-care. I think we need forgiveness, self-care and time to heal in every direction, whether it's just something small at home or something you've suffered or some problem at work. We can't walk around carrying all of that. We have to let it go, forgive ourselves and others. And you know what else? We have to try not to take what others say so personally. You bring up the example with your kids. And I think to myself, I think I would probably want to take the plate and throw it across the room. But if my kids said that, but then I would probably think to myself, well, that's about him. That's not about me. Maybe it's just not something that he enjoys, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a great meal. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And to remind ourselves that it's not our job to make everybody else around us happy. It's our job to make ourselves happy and hope that in making ourselves happy, we are also helping others to be happy. So that sounds like a small example, but it's such a big example because people who feel at fault for different things that they've experienced take everything to heart. They think that if somebody doesn't like them or somebody thinks that they could have done better, rather than thinking, well, let me think about the source first before I decide I'm going to actually take this on as a belief, they just instantly think, okay, well, if if my boss says that it wasn't good or if my kid says I'm not a good cook, I guess I'm not a good cook. That's not really true. You know, when I was little and I didn't like some of the things that my mother would cook, and she's an excellent cook, but I didn't have a taste for certain things she made. I I like them now, but not as a child. And I would have to sit at the dinner table literally for hours until I ate it and I didn't want to. And then I'd go to bed early because I was naughty for not eating all my food when 
I was guilted to believe there's so many hungry people in the world. And so I that was all put on my shoulders. And I think that's the absolute wrong thing to do. So usually when my kids don't want to eat, I don't take it personally or I try not to. And what I say is, okay, then you can get yourself a bowl of cereal. Cereal is my compromise to release my guilt and to forgive them for not liking my meals. So cereal works for me. Well, you know what you're doing? You're saying, I'm not going to take this on, but you're giving them the, you're giving them permission to not be happy with something that you made because again we don't have control over what our kids eat and don't eat or what they like and don't like so you're giving them a choice and I think that's a very important point that I think when we were growing up and when our parents were growing up there was a lot of I call it guilt inducing behaviors that took place from parent to child and I think these again are messages that we do carry through the years and I think one of the things I've learned as a survivor of abuse and being made to feel at fault for different things that happened to me, especially when I started speaking, and this took me a very long time to learn this, but I really have learned if somebody's trying to guilt induce me or tell me it's my fault, rather than go home and hide under my covers and feel like a horrible, horrible person, I do this thing where I ask myself, well, where is this coming from for that person? Why, I wonder why that person would be saying that. And I, I have this thing where I think I try to keep the negative energy outside of myself. I mean, I can't exactly describe it because it's not concrete, but I feel like I have learned how to build up these different walls and barriers so that when somebody's trying to change how I feel about myself or I feel like somebody's judging me, I try and leave it outside. It's almost like I have my door open a little bit right now as we're recording. I need to leave a little bit of a space so that if, if my little guy down the hall needs me, he can come in, but I'm also closing the door to the point where I can have that boundary, that sort of, this is my space and my time right now. And I think that's something that a lot of people could be working on when it comes to not taking on somebody else's opinion. I think... One of, one of the things that I do to not take on guilt that somebody else wants to load me with is to really ask myself, is the guilt appropriate? What's its purpose? And isn't that purpose uh, to make me feel guilty for something that's not my fault? So I try to say, I'm, you know, that's their problem. It is not my problem. I certainly am always happy to own what I did to say what I did was wrong, to own up to my mistakes, but to take on somebody else's guilt because they're unable to acknowledge that they've done something and they want to shove it off on me, that's not fair. I'd rather make amends and move forward, but I refuse to take on someone else's guilt. It's a, that's a great way to approach it. And I think something that we haven't said yet too is if you have feelings of guilt that you're not conscious of, you're more likely to then act out onto other people and try to bring them down with you. I, I, I imagine that some of the people that you're meeting in your courtroom, that's some of why they're committing the crimes that they're committing because on some level they, they feel like they're horrible people, but they don't know that. So they then end up doing other things to bring others down with them. I think there has to be a recognition for me as a judge, from society, from the victims, and there often is when they are allowed to speak. 
and I always allow victims to speak, but not everybody does um, let them have their say. Um, and defendants, I think the recognition from all those factions is important to say, we're all human, we make mistakes, no one's perfect, and yes, we all can do better because we really need to partner in recognizing the hum humaneness and humanness uh, of what's happened and that we all can get past it. And I'm sorry goes a long way and dropping the guilt, letting go of it, and really repurposing what your actions are so that they are for the better, not for the worse. You know, one of the things I wanted to point out as you're saying that, because I know we're about to wrap up is, the one question I think we need to ask ourselves when we're struggling with the guilt is, if I were not feeling guilty, what would I be feeling? I think we really need to recognize that guilt becomes a defense mechanism a lot of times to feeling anger towards somebody else. So if you are conscious of the guilt, if you are aware of the fact that you feel like you're not good enough and that you're not something enough, whatever that thing is, really try and ask yourself, what would I be feeling if I weren't so down on myself? If I didn't feel like everything was my fault, what would I feel? Would I be sad? Would I be angry? Would I feel regretful? There's different ways that we can look at it. So I think that's really important to recognize. It's definitely a defense mechanism and it really can wreak a lot of havoc. I, I have a feeling that we're going to have a lot more conversations around this topic because it's a big one and it's something I think again especially with the pandemic and all that's been going on throughout the last year I think even people who didn't struggle with feelings of guilt before last March probably if you're listening right now you're sitting there going yeah I have been feeling that a lot this year and what the heck is that about I think it's something that needs a lot more attention yeah we shouldn't take on things like if I were there it wouldn't have happened this way and take on guilt that we should never own. And no one should feel guilty about COVID. We're all in this together, but we should work toward feeling more normal, uh, taking care of ourselves and each other, having patience because COVID is making a lot of people feel guilty because now they're too divided. And the only other issue I'm thinking about, because I know we're a year into it now and we see the light at the end of the tunnel at some point is the guilt, the residual guilt that can come from being through something traumatic like a pandemic is something that can follow us even long after there's a pandemic. So I think that the next conversation we're going to be having, it sounds like, are offering listeners clear strategies to really being able to not just manage the guilt, but to let go of it, almost like to say goodbye to it. So I'm so glad that um, we had this opportunity. Judge Aquilina, it's always so amazing to sit and have these conversations with you because I think to myself, again, we live such different lives. Our work is so different, but we really do share many, many of the same experiences. So just wanted to give a shout out to you again for being a part of this with me. And just to let all the listeners out here know if you're wanting to Make sure that you don't miss an episode of the podcast. All you need to do is go to your phone and go to the app store and look for Anchor FM. Make sure you download that. And then once the show is out, you'll be able to grab a hold of this podcast on pretty much any platform where podcasts are shown. So thanks again for being here today. 
And I can't wait to come back and talk to you some more. See you next time on Warrior Women Speak. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today on Warrior Women Speak. It truly is an honor to be able to sit down with Judge Aquilina and have such meaningful conversations. Stay tuned. Each Monday, we will be releasing new episodes in the hopes that we will inspire, uplift, and instill hope. Be sure to subscribe now to at Warrior Women Speak. Until next time. Thanks so much for joining us today on Warrior Women Speak. It truly is an honor to be able to sit down with Judge Aquilina and have such meaningful conversations. Stay tuned. Each Monday, we will be releasing new episodes in the hopes that we will inspire, uplift, and instill hope. Be sure to subscribe now to at Warrior Women Speak. Until next time.